Hi, this is Mike Sowen, and welcome to the fifth episode of 10,000 Pots of Soup, a podcast about the art of soup, cooking, and just being a human in central Minnesota. It's been a rough couple of weeks for us all, but since there are so many other places to talk about the world's issues and problems, we won't talk politics or world events on this podcast. We're going to stick with soup and humanity. Today's soup is ham and bean soup. One of the many reasons I use a pressure cooker is to cook dried beans. When you do this and cook those beans from scratch, I feel it tastes better and has more nutrition than the beans you get in cans. You may disagree. But it only takes 45 minutes to an hour to cook these beans through as opposed to soaking for several hours the way I used to do it. Whenever I make soup or chili with beans, I always cook them from scratch. But before we get to the soup, I'd like to tell you about one of the most amazing people I've ever known. When I say this podcast is about being a human in central Minnesota, this guy comes to mind. Since he was a client in one of the group homes I worked at, I can't tell you his real name, so I'll call him Pat. Pat was in his mid-30s, a man who loved music and old TV shows. The Andy Griffith show was perhaps his favorite. He also loved game shows, especially Wheel of Fortune. Pat enjoyed a lot of time to himself. He would strum his guitar and hum, and even though Pat had a top-of-the-line amplifier that could probably blow the whole house away, he didn't like to make a lot of noise, so he never cranked it up. Pat preferred great sound to loudness, and he was very picky about that. It was the same when he played music on a stereo. Pat had a high-quality Bose stereo that was amazing, but he only played it loud enough to hear in his room. Now, in the time I knew Pat, music collections were still on CDs, and he had a large collection. He didn't like the blues, but Pat loved heavy metal, rock and roll of all kinds, and some classic country like Hank Williams and Patsy Cline. I was surprised to find out that his absolute favorite singer ever was John Denver. He played Denver almost every morning as he got ready for the day. Pat could do a lot of things for himself, but he always had that, that one spot on his face where the electric razor just couldn't clear his whiskers. He would move the razor over that spot again and again until one of us had to come in and use a disposable razor to get it done. Pat was about 5'6", oh, with brown hair and green eyes. His glasses were heavy and thick. Several times a day, he would take them off with a sigh of relief. He would rub his eyes and the tops of his ears. Reluctantly, he would put the glasses back on and smile broadly at anybody that was in the room. He hardly complained, but when he did, it was always about being asked to move faster. Pat was slow and deliberate, and when he had an appointment or was being picked up for work, extra time had to be allotted because almost nothing could galvanize that man. Where's the fire, he'd always ask. And if someone insisted he'd go faster, Pat would sit down deliberately and rub his stomach. I'm digesting, he would say with finality. Everything stopped at that point, and no one went anywhere 
for about 10 minutes. Pat's family would visit often, and they would take him out for dinner or shopping or maybe go to a park and listen to some live music. He was always very happy to go, but Pat preferred his own room with his guitar and his drum set, his music and his band posters. Pat didn't laugh much or very often, but he was perhaps the most content person I've ever known. If you made a joke he could understand, he would smirk and mutter, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he didn't understand your joke, he would look at you with a very stern expression like maybe you were making fun of him. But he always got over that quickly because if you took the time to explain the joke, even if he still didn't understand it, it, it he, he appreciated hearing that. Pat loved tacos, even though the mess they made bothered him. Sometimes a piece of lettuce or cheese would fall off the plate or on his shirt. Pat would pick up the pieces and then start slowly brushing his shirt with his hand. This would go on for several minutes. Pat insisted on sitting on the couch next to one of his housemates while watching TV. There were plenty of other places to sit, but he liked sitting right there, right, right next to someone. And sometimes he would put his hand very close to the other person's leg, not, not quite touching. This was his way of expressing affection. And even though he didn't speak much, his housemates knew that he liked them. He was calm and serene most of the time. And when he wasn't, we were able to get him back to that. You see, Pat loved peace and music and tacos and his friends. His world wasn't all that large, but he found his place in that world and lived in it the best way he knew how. On a very cold day one February, Pat went out with his family. He slipped and fell in the ice, breaking his back in two places and also a vertebrae in his neck. He was allowed visitors after a few days in the hospital, and they brought his little boombox and a, f a few CDs to him. Pat was strapped flat to a bed, but the bed was tipped at a 40-degree angle so he could see people without moving his head. And when he saw me, he whispered, he whispered, hey, mister. Pat never could learn my name. I showed him what I brought, and he showed me a flicker of a smile. When I held up the CDs for him to see, I asked him what he wanted to hear. I could barely hear him, but he whispered, my Denver. I put John Denver's Wind Song CD in the player. Please, Pat said, four. And I selected the fourth song, looking for space. He lay there smiling as the, as the song started. And when the chorus started, he sang along in a whisper I had never seen Pat sing before, and he smiled. And with the smile came a few tears as he sang in an almost imperceptible whisper. And I'm looking for space, and to find out who I am. And I'm looking to know and understand. It's a sweet, sweet dream. Sometimes I'm almost there. Sometimes I fly like an eagle. And sometimes I'm deep in despair. 
Pat was moved from the group home where I worked with him. I saw him just once more, this time in his new group home. He was still on his back, but his family and the staff there said he had a good chance and Pat would probably be fine. He was able to sit up for short periods of time each day, and he could use his arms, which made me happy thinking of him strumming his guitar. Pat's world was smaller now than it ever was before, but I just knew he would find his place in that world and live in it the best way he knew how. Pat is a human in central Minnesota. There are many ways to make bean soup. My second wife loved it with large chunks of ham, potatoes, and carrots, almost like a chowder. In some restaurants, I've been served bean soup with a very thick broth, almost like baby food. This soup is somewhere in between. The most common bean used for this soup is navy beans. The Mandan nation of what is now called North Dakota grew navy beans and great northern beans. And the navy beans got their name from when the U.S. Navy began to use these beans on board ships beginning around 1850. Navy beans are oval-shaped but they are much smaller and slightly plumper than their cousin, the great northern beans. And they also have thicker skins, which means they stored easier, but it also means that they take longer to cook. Now, there are three ways to use these beans. The first, which is the fastest and my preference, is with a pressure cooker. Take one pound of beans and rinse them. Then Add the beans with six to eight cups of water. I always add powdered onion, black pepper to the water, maybe a little garlic. I set the cooker for about 40 minutes. Sometimes they might take a little longer, but check them at 40 minutes. The second way is to rinse the beans and bring them to a boil in six to eight cups of water on the stove. Remove from heat, cover and let sit for about mm, an hour and a half. Drain the beans and then do what you will with them. The third method is rinse and soak your beans in six to eight cups of water overnight or at least eight to nine hours. Drain them and go from there. Once your beans are cooked, that's when the soup making begins. Let me tell you why I like to use pressure cooker to cook beans. I like my soup to have a bold flavor and with the pressure cooker, it's super easy to get this. When I add the beans and water to the cooker, I put a half teaspoon of black pepper and about a teaspoon of onion powder and maybe a little garlic. I also want to put in a ham and some scraps of ham and any fat from a ham right into the pot. I remove the ham and scraps when the beans are done. The ham and the fat and, and all the scraps, it adds a just a flavor to it and it's actually a stock because the difference between broth and stock is stock uses bones and uh, broth only uses either meat or vegetables. This soup has a strong stock. Now while the beans cook all the flavor from ham bone and, and it, it just gets all mixed up in there and it's it's so great. Now, while your beans are cooking, this is the time to chop or dice your vegetables. And what you'll want is a half cup of diced carrots or more to your liking, a half cup of chopped celery or more to your liking, 
one and a half teaspoons of minced or chopped garlic. And for later on, you're going to want at least one cup more of diced carrots. I use my five-quart Dutch oven to make this soup. You heat the pan to medium, add two tablespoons of oil. Now, you could use olive oil, but in our house, we really like to use smoothie oil. It's a locally made cooking oil with a very light flavor. Once the pan and the oil are hot, add your vegetables, you know, the carrots and the celery and the garlic. You cook these for about five minutes until the carrots are soft. Add to that pan two tablespoons of white flour. Stir the vegetables and flour for a few minutes until the flour is a very light brown, about three minutes. Pour the beans and ham broth into your Dutch oven. Then add, oh, I don't know, three cups of ham or more to your soup. Add to that the other cup of diced carrots that you had reserved from before. Bring to a simmer for about 20 minutes. And that's it. Once the beans are cooked, the soup comes together very easily and very quickly. This is another soup that goes very well with cornbread. And here's a quick reminder of how to make my cornbread. First off, preheat your oven to 400 degrees and grab two cups of self-rising cornmeal mix, two eggs, two tablespoons of vegetable, uh, vegetable oil, and then one quarter cup of vegetable oil for your skillet if you're using cast iron the way I do. One cup of milk or maybe a little more when you start stirring this up and you'll see if it needs to be a little more moist. All right. I always use a 9-inch cast iron skillet for cornbread. Put one quarter cup of oil in the bottom of a 9-inch skillet and heat it on your stovetop while you make the batter. If you use a cake pan, just spray it generously with nonstick cooking spray and go from there. Mix the cornmeal, oil, egg, and milk in a bowl. Drop a small amount of the batter into your skillet. If it starts to sizzle right away, go ahead and just pour the rest of it in there. Bake for 25 to 30 minutes or until the crust is golden and the bread is set. Thanks for tuning in to the fifth episode of 10,000 Pots of Soup. There will be a new episode every Friday, and I hope you'll give us a listen. As the world starts opening up again, I'll have interviews with local artists, cooks, and interesting folks in addition to the recipes. I'll also post the recipe for soups featured on this show right on our Facebook page. Got a question, comment, or favorite recipe to share? You can find me at Mike Sowen on Facebook, and there's also a Facebook page for 10,000 Pots of Soup. And you can email me at MikeSowen at gmail.com. And finally, there's a message line also. Give us a call at 320-348-0766. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk again next week.